Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker and Alex, and we watch Ghost Shark, a movie about a ghost shark. Uh, apparently based on Spoilers. true stories. <laughs> uh, you know. my, my, my favorite part of the true story is the uh, the grenade that created the ghost shark. <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing about ghost shark is there's a million low-budget shark movies, and all of them have like a premise. You're like, yeah, I should give this a shot. And then 15 minutes in, you're like, do I stick this out, or do I just accept that this is not going to be good? Uh, ghost shark is the exception. Oh yeah, the ghost shark is definitely one of the ones. Yeah. It spends ninety minutes going. Well, what other things have water that a ghost shark could come out of? <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need. It's literally all you need. Oh man, I I was very surprised that they didn't do something where someone said, you know, the human body is seventy five percent water. Then someone just starts shaking and turns into a shark. <laughs> Look, I didn't get a chance to watch Ghost Shark two colon Urban Jaws. So oh I can't God. rule it out. <laughs> I forgot episode. that that existed. Yeah. <laughs> that might be next week's episode. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get into that, Parker, do we have any news? Well, so a couple weeks back now, uh, Discovery bought out Warner Brothers, which I thought until reading was the other way around. I don't know how the fuck Discovery has that it's, much money. Yeah. It's all ghost shows. I mean, yeah. I was scrolling through the app. Print money, dude. I clicked on Ghost Adventures. I have a... Not, not to humble brag, I've got a pretty big TV. It goes to the series page, and there's so many seasons that it doesn't fit on the screen. You have to scroll over to hit season 25. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, oh, shit. But of course, you know, they've got a bunch of big plans. They've got all these properties. And the thing that I keep coming back to is once again, they're like, Alright, we're going to figure out what to do with the DCEU. We're going to have a vertical line. We're going to have TV show spinoffs. We're going to have all this. And I just keep staring at it thinking like... It feels like every month someone from Warner Brothers is like... I don't know, man. Should we just blow this whole fucking thing up and start over? Because nothing's working. Yeah. <laughs> and then they'll have a good movie and they'll be like... Should we, do, should we do all this now? And it's insane to me because like... Marvel is about to debut a She-Hulk show on Disney+. Plus. And meanwhile, DC, they can't figure out how to make two Superman movies with the same actor. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> like, goddamn, we're about to get our third Guardians of the Galaxy, and they're over there like, I, we cannot figure out what to do with Robin. I'm sorry, we got nothing for you here. This is too difficult. <laughs> Uh, what, I wonder if maybe they question? should just stick to like animated stuff because uh, I keep hearing that the DC AU is like kind of strong. It's fine. I'm not gonna be finding out. Yeah, well, I I also heard that almost all of it is just like direct to streaming. So. Oh, they're all like 70 minutes long. You'll forget them the yeah. next day. Yeah. I could not tell you, gun to my head, which ones I've seen. You can show me the cover and read the logline. 
I the only two I know that you it. watched were the ones that you wrote about or podcast. <laughs> I know you did the the Harley Quinn ones, and I know you did the Killing Joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh's it's... cousin, if you're listening, we still haven't forgiven you. That whole family's cursed. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Just like the fact that we're about to, we are getting teasers for the fourth Thor movie, and you look over there like, oh, I guess that Black Adam thing is real because I just assumed that was never going to happen until we got that dumb teaser in front of the Batman. I'm not saying give it all back to Zack Snyder, but I'm saying someone's got to do something. Please, <laughs> this is goddamn thing but that. This is. I'll go watch uh, Aquaman two with all the same people before you make me sit through another fucking Snyder DC movie. I can't do it. You can't make me. I mean, you're gonna. That's that's I absolutely happening. And then, of course, uh, in somber news, uh, Justin Lin leaving Fast Ten has uh, really torn the show apart. But we all just ask for a moment of silence and peace. You hate to see it. Um, big shout out to complaining about Vin Diesel showing up out of shape and with a bunch of demands like he hasn't been doing that for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> Vin Diesel hasn't been in shape since like Fast and Furious 4. Right. <laughs> I can't imagine what those conversations were like, but it really reeks of Universal being like, we have two franchises and one of them is full of CGI dinosaurs that cost $100 million each. Like... This movie has to make a billion or we're fucked. So, which Vin is, Diesel uh, was the one who was submitting demands? I couldn't tell which one was submitting demands. All of the above, it seems like. <laughs> I mean, Justin Lin was submitting demands that Vin Diesel lose weight, if that oh. counts. But... <laughs> I don't think my character would do this. Fucking what? Say the line. <laughs> I'm so glad Hollywood has its own Zion Williamson. <laughs> yeah, so, uh... The movie's budget is already at almost $300 million without oh, that, that's probably any good. marketing in the movie not being done yet. So uh, it's going to have to make a pretty penny back. Yep. Excited to see... No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> we, <laughs> we have to been off the road for a while here. <laughs> that's right. We'll be there opening weekend. Yeah, we Absolutely. It's tradition at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it's like family. <laughs> like Star Wars. You're my jerk of the week now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. Uh, who, are, who are the other jerks of the week? Because Parker's not the only one who forgot to do one. <laughs> oh, no, I've got a real one. Oh, never mind. Okay, go first. I'll uh, take up something on the fly. Well, uh, my jerk of the week is my cat. $1,300. Whoa. <laughs> Your teeth... Better never be anything but sparkling again. Oh, my God. My <laughs> goodness. Yeah, our dog's teeth are starting to get a little bad, and they quoted me a price. I was like, oh, I guess they're just going to fucking fall out, because that's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> that's a fucking mortgage permit. Are you kidding me? You, like, yeah. just got that cat, too, right? I mean, we she's a rescue. We kind of knew. But uh, I think we were expecting about half that number. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's fine. So what are you giving you know, her, dentures? What's going on in there? <laughs> Buddy, I wish I knew. All right, guys, Although, every for all the listeners out there, make sure to contribute to the Patreon, and I will kick <laughs> 0.8% over to Alex for his cat's teeth. Hell yeah, dude. Sick. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I at least the, the small silver lining is that we got her back from the vet after she had been sedated for hours, and she just stumbled around like a drunk person for like... <laughs> 
the entire night, which was very cute and very funny. That's beautiful. Yeah. And then it stopped being funny the next day. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it became very, very real. I'm assuming, yes. uh, Look, my... I thought I was going to have two apartment payments at the same time, like, two weeks ago. So as far as I'm concerned, this is, like, revenue neutral. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> well, uh, anyway. My jerk of the week is, uh, it was a good friend of ours' birthday, so we had a large group of people over, lots of alcohol, and we did what any people in their early to mid-30s do, um... Drink too much, not leave the house, and played Smash Bros. So we all get just absolutely torqued up, just drunker than I've been in a long time. He picks up the controller, and this last word is to us like, Yeah, me and my brother used to play this like 10 hours a day. This man ended the night blackout drunk puking, but up until that very second, fucking dog walked us every single round, random characters. Items on random stages, just humiliating us. Like he, he would skip around and just be sitting there, like holding his head in his hands, like "Oh my god, I'm gonna fucking die." He'd get the controller back and then just absolutely shit houses three on one. It's the most humiliating thing I've ever experienced in my life. I'm never gonna be over this. this I was made a fool awesome, in my own home on my own console. It's like, oh yeah, I'm familiar with this, and just embarrassed me. Time and time again in front of my woman. <laughs> I will never recover from this. I've oh, been boy. digitally cuckolded in my own house in front of my friends. Uh, Antelope. That, that, that guy is my hero of the week, but I do have a jerk of the week. Uh, this ties into one of my recently watched. Uh, Parker, have you ever seen The Burning? I sure have. Dude, that movie kicks ass. Hell yeah, dude. I have to admit, I didn't think I would watch that movie and come away saying, this movie kicks ass. I thought I'd watch this movie and come away saying, well, that sucked about as much as Friday the 13th. But in fact, it's a lot better than that movie, which is perhaps the lowest bar in the world to clear. But there's actually a lot that's going on here. This is a scary story. It's a classic ghost story sort of thing. It's actually based on a popular camp story, you know? Uh... It's got great special effects. Say what you will about Tom Savini and how much of a dickhead he is, but that man worked hard, and he was always working. I mean, like, it's, it's weird how many of these movies I see from the A's. It's just, yeah, Tom Savini again. He was just always working. He must have been the only guy besides, I guess, Rob Bettine, who was doing special effects work. So uh, glad to see that. Um, and I have to say, this is where my jerk of the week comes in. How come no one ever told me how funny Jason Alexander was? This guy has been so under the radar. No one's ever mentioned anything about this guy. Well, you see, there was a there was a store for this, but uh, they've been oh, having some issues with okay. the supply chain. Right? So now I want to address the elephant in the room. Skip. Uh, I looked up the cast beforehand when I'm watching the movie, and I was like, "Oh, let's see if there's anyone I recognize in here. Uh, just maybe that would help." And I saw Jason Alexander, I'm like, oh, I know who that is. And I'm watching the movie, I'm like kind of looking for him. And I know it's going to be like a slightly younger uh, Jason Alexander because it came out before Seinfeld. So there's a guy in here who sounds like Jason Alexander, sounds exactly like him, and looks a lot like him, but it's not Jason Alexander. And then I watch it and I realize, oh my god, that's Jason Alexander with hair. And I still had trouble like squaring that circle. I was still no, like, that's not real. I was like, what? You're making this up. Is this <laughs> like it's a full head of hair? Like it? I I never thought that he had like male pattern baldness at all while watching it. He looks like a jock. 
I, I, I couldn't get over it. He's also wearing, like, uh, one of those, like, baseball t-shirts sort of things with, like, the three-quarter sleeves. He looks like a, a fucking athlete, and he's also, he steals every single scene that he's in. He's definitely not the main character. He's, like, a fourth or fifth build or something. I think he's, like, also featuring, you know? And when he's on screen, you can't look away because he's so funny and he's so interesting. You're like, boy, that guy should have his own TV show where he plays the lead. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I actually came away liking The Burning somehow. And I think the only reason that it didn't become more popular than uh, Friday the 13th is because Friday the 13th came out the year prior. So is The Burning a ripoff of Friday the 13th? Yeah, I guess so. But it's also way, way better. And also a lot more hardcore. It's uh pretty gory it's pretty good yeah. much better than friday the 13th but again yeah. not a low bar oh yeah i also really like the score rick wakeman's score i thought was really good which is surprising because i think he took his name off of it because he assumed that the movie wasn't going to make any money and it turned out to be the biggest movie of japan uh for 1981 <laughs> i don't know how that happens but uh, i guess they really like that raft scene hell like good for them yeah they were right yeah for once uh, <laughs> now, uh, another movie I watched that I actually really, really liked. This is called Targets. And uh, oh, I, even, I wonder who uh, directed this. I, uh, I don't know if I remember. But I, I do remember who it's... Oh, it was uh, Peter Bogdanovich directed this. I think it was his directorial debut. And it features in the lead Boris Karloff. Now, this sort of ties in with my excruciating journey through the list... One of the things about the list, one of the quirks about it, is that it kind of just features a whole lot of movies, not by one director. There are lots of, like, John Carpenter movies that are just left off for no reason. But they have a lot of movies that are just by one particular actor. There's a whole bunch of Boris Karloff movies on there, for, and they all seem to be, like, the same sort of thing. But Targets came out in 1968. That's, like, 35 years after... Uh, uh, Frankenstein. So Boris Karloff is like in his 80s and he is very visibly frail and he's ill and he's basically playing himself. An aging Hollywood horror star who uh, is starting to realize that Hollywood and the, con and the conceptions of horror are starting to change. Uh, the ways and means of the times are changing with audiences' perceptions and what they want. And uh, he decides maybe he's going to retire from acting. That's one plot of this movie. The other plot is uh, some guy comes back, I assume from Vietnam, and very calmly picks up a rifle and climbs a water tower and starts picking off people in traffic. This is a reference to a guy who actually did this uh, on a highway, and it's a reference to Charles Whitman, and it's a reference to uh, the Kennedy assassination. One of Fear. UT's uh, biggest wins, other than Vince Young that yeah, year. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the zero draft picks. Hell yeah, yeah. goose egg, baby. <laughs> Yeah. Hook. <laughs> M. I'm, I'm, look, look. Some of those Longhorns Horns, in this I'm draft class, uh, yeah, some of these Longhorns in this draft class lost to Maryland twice in their college careers. So uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, maybe they deserve yeah. to not get drafted. Right. Just yeah. saying. So uh, the movie kind of you know explores the fear of a sniper, and uh, Alex, I guess you and I are the ones on the show who lived through the DC sniper thing. So sure did, was, buddy. Yeah, there was a real thing that happened. Uh, and I can kind of see it, and this movie really works. And one of the reasons that it works is 1968 was a very interesting year for American cinema because this was in the three-year period where the Hays Code was basically being dissolved. Uh, not, like, legally or anything, but people were just 
kind of starting to ignore it. And Tarkins gets away with about as much as it possibly could in 1968. And uh, I gotta tell you, it is worth watching. It is it is scary. It is uh, mostly, not, not even just because, like, oh, the, the fear of a sniper. Like, the people that he's picking off are not characterized at all. And that's what makes it so much scarier. Because these, these people could be anyone, you know? It's also scary because that guy is so calm. He is so... He, he feels nothing. It really is uh, one of those unexplainable uh, phenomena. As far as uh, the ending goes, a lot of people might think the, the ending is, dare I say, schmaltzy for a movie like this. But it worked for me, and I, I think I kind of picked up on what it was trying to go for in the context. I'm not going to spoil it, but uh, I, I actually really like Target. So, Parker, you should bump that one up on your list if you haven't seen it yet. Well, do. Uh, I've Alex, never heard of it. Yeah. Alex, I think you'd also like it, too. Um, you know, your mileage may vary, but I, I actually do think you would enjoy this one. I'll uh, keep in mind. Uh, I'm punting this one to Parker's section, so skip that. It's going to be so good, dude. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next one, I actually uh, like this movie a lot. Um, in the, most of these, uh, most of the good ones I watched this week, I, I'm very happy to say. I had heard of The Stepford Wives. I hadn't read the book, but I'd heard of it. Then I realized, wait, I've never seen either movie. So I watched the original. I have not watched the remake, and I don't really want to. But uh, the original came out in 1975. It makes it one of the maybe, I don't know, three good movies to come out in the 1970s. It really, really works. I was surprised just how well it works. What was strange to me was reading the contemporary reviews. A lot of contemporary feminists thought it was an anti-women movie. I don't know how you watch it and come away with that conclusion. <laughs> I, I don't understand that. I think it's... That owns. Yeah, I, I don't... Like, I don't understand how you watch it and come away with that conclusion. But here's the thing. I know that they watched it because the creators of the movie were like, oh, we feel really good about this. This is going to be great for women. And they invited a bunch of uh, feminist uh, critics to a special screening. And they were furious. They hated the movie and said it made women look bad. And the director's like, what? No, it's it's anti-men. What, what are you talking about? How could you miss this? I, I don't understand how they came to that conclusion. Uh... I will say it was it was nice to see. There's like some really obvious influences for the movie Get Out by Jordan Peele, which uh, I think people already knew. Even if you haven't seen The Stepford Wives, you kind of already knew that influence. But there's a shot at the end. There's this. It's a very final shot that you see. It's a close up of the main character's eyes, and even though her face looks like totally like serene, her eyes you can see the despair in them, and that shot has haunted me. I think I've mentioned with a lot of these horror movies that I don't get scared very easily by movies. In fact, there's only, like, two or three that come to mind that are, like, I consider scary movies. This one, this one kind of got to me. This is a, it's kind of scared me as a movie, the idea of being trapped. And that has wide-ranging social implications. Uh, it kind of reminds me of The Thing, in a way. And uh, I, I loved it. I think this movie is excellent, and I think that if people don't like it, they must have missed something that was exceedingly obvious. Have you guys seen the original Stepford Wives, or is it just another, oh, I've heard of it, and I basically get it? I've meant to watch it a couple times, especially after I saw Get Out. It's just one of those where I write it down, and then it just it's on a list somewhere that I was going to yeah. get to eventually. Now, the unfortunate thing about the fact that everyone knows about the Stepford Wives, even though they haven't seen it, is it's kind of impossible to watch it and not already know what happens 
it, it's like one of those things where you just sort of immediately understand it uh, and thus there's no surprise but you know the surprise honestly isn't that important it's more about like the social implications uh, the satire that's going on and uh, the commentary and again the idea of being trapped and I, I don't know I really really liked it so hardcore fan of the Stepford Wives right here will not Remake? be watching no I'm not watching the, I'm trying, do you know who, trying do you know who directed that <laughs> uh, no and off the top of my head who directed it with a hundred guesses you would never get to Frank Oz oh wait oh right it's oh. impossible <laughs> oh man why did he and what? just like that you're like I've yeah. got 90 minutes yeah all right. Well, I've now worse with my time. Yeah. <laughs> now a movie from the list that Alex might be interested in. Uh, I Uh-oh. know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Ah, well, the list that sounds like it's shitty. It probably is. What if I told you that there is a movie where Lance Henriksen plays a drill instructor at a military academy? <laughs> Would that pique your interest? I'm listening. What if I told you that that movie was Damien Omen Two? <laughs> And it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? That checks out. <laughs> I probably should have saw that coming. <sighs> it sucks. Okay, so the next one I watched Correct. was... <laughs> I was going to watch Omen 3, buddy. Is that on the list? No, it's not. I already checked. Yeah, I just checked. Okay, so, yeah. <laughs> Do you know yeah. anything about Omen 3? No, What? I, I guess he's a little bit older in this one. It's him as an adult politician. He's played by Sam Neill. So, uh, hey, see you next week, buddy. <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I thought it was That's out. That's how it happened. <laughs> That's all it takes. Uh, it's not fucking real, dude. Oh, you can't God. make shit up on this show. Yeah. <laughs> see, okay, so here's the thing. Like, I don't actually like The Omen very much. I, I think it's okay. It didn't really do much for me, but, like, I basically get it. Uh... An important thing about the Omen, I'm pretty sure Damien in that movie never speaks. And that's kind of what makes it so creepy, is that, oh my god, that kid's the Antichrist. In this movie, he talks, and I think that kind of takes some of the fun out of it. And it's revealed in this movie, it's a stupid idea, but it's also kind of interesting at the same time. Damien doesn't know he's the Antichrist. And uh, (laughs) I, I can't really come up with anything nicer than interesting but stupid. Uh, I, I guess he just has to come to grips with the fact that uh, everything, everyone around him is dying in these extremely stupid ways. I think, Parker, you put it best as, like, at least the original Omen had tension, and it was somewhat engaging. Oh, Damien Omen 2, uh, not so much. I would avoid it at every cost. Just um, in, my, in my head, he sounds like Saddam from South Park, and that metal <laughs> image is destroying me right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just going from no voice to hey, hey. Well, it's you know, believe it or not, it's not the first horror (laughs) sequel I've seen that takes place at a military academy for kids. So, uh, next one I watched. uh, A lovely young lady came over, and I decided for the first time that a girl steps foot into my apartment, we're going to watch Black Dynamite, and. that's a good Guess choice. what? Yeah, it's it's still basically perfect. Uh, I don't have any criticisms here. Uh, and I'm trying so hard not to just quote every single line from the movie. I, uh, I just you, okay. Here's one thing I'll say about it that I don't know if anyone else has said about it before because I that's what I like to do with movies. Has anyone talked about how much fun Michael Jai White's having in this movie? Just look on his face, man. He is so happy to be making this movie, and I'm happy for him. And I would never, ever fuck with him. 
<laughs> he is a terrifying man who's funnier yeah. than I'll ever be. It's not fair. It's, you don't get to look like that and be funny. You know what it actually reminded me of? It has almost nothing to do with Black Diamond, but it was when he was filming that thing with, like, Kimbo Slice and did the slow motion punch to his hand. I don't know why that made me laugh so hard, but it did. Uh, Yeah, Black Diamond is so fucking good, dude. I fucking love it. Uh, After that, she had to go in, like, 30 minutes, so I'm like, okay, that's enough time for us to watch the first episode of What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, which she liked a lot more than Black Dynamite. I don't know, maybe Black Dynamite was a bit much for her the first time. <laughs> uh, but she also, uh, she did love What We Do in the Shadows. She thought it was very, very funny, especially Colin Robinson, who is one of the greatest characters in TV history. <laughs> Just the way so he says, fucking square. <laughs> There's a scene in one of the other episodes where he's like, and uh, this is my great filing cabinet. I always wanted one since I was a kid and started making my own money. I decided, I'm going to treat myself. (laughs) (laughs) So after she left, I was like, I'm not turning this off. So I watched the entire first season again. I'm moving on to the second season uh, post-haste. What a good fucking show. And I still think the orgy episode is the best thing I've ever seen. (laughs) I thought Mike threw a bad orgy. (laughs) If you go through life and you don't have constant panic attacks of whether or not you're the Colin Robinson who you're friends, you have too much confidence and we'll never get along. Yeah. Uh, I also try not to be horny on the show. I'll make an exception for Natasha Demetrio. She is a very, very beautiful woman and uh, I would like to be friends with her. Wait, since when do you try to not be horny on this show? Uh, since uh, a couple weeks ago, I guess. I don't know. I made a decision to tell you guys. <laughs> yeah, don't listen to the old episodes. we need to play the Shin Godzilla yeah, episode back to you, buddy? <laughs> yeah, I was listening to a Shin Godzilla episode. You know, I was just a kid Not that then. one. Not that one. Not I was just that, a yeah. kid, you know, fresh uh, face down the it's world. The, I know it's a Madison Cawthorn thing. It was like, don't judge me in my 20s. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, next one I watched. This is an interesting one, for at least for me. One of the movies that Wes Anderson said was the partial inspiration behind The French Dispatch was a movie from Francis Ford Coppola called One from the Heart. This is, I think, well known for being the first movie from Francis Ford Coppola that people didn't like very much. Uh, He had previously done The Godfather, The Godfather 2, The Conversation, and uh, Apocalypse Now. These are huge uh, critical hits. Then One from the Heart came out, and was critically savaged and as a result of the critical savagery no one wanted to see it so he lost a tremendous amount of money and almost every single movie that he made after it was made to recoup the losses from one from the heart what is the story here it was originally supposed to uh this is where it gets kind of sad one from the heart started off as a small movie it was supposed to be like a little two million dollar project to help uh recoup the losses from apocalypse now (laughs) Uh, and it just sort of spiraled out of control to $25 million. Now, how does a $2 million movie turn into a $25 million movie? Well, when the director gets his own studio and decides, no, we're not going to use on-set locations, we're going to build all new sets, including the, the interior of a jet hangar, in order to uh, film this movie. Because the artificiality of the sets reflects the narrative. I. Uh, Ordinarily, I would say that's a hoity-toity New York Times review sort of thing to say, but it's true, and you can kind of see it on the movie, and it makes sense, and it makes the movie better. Uh, this movie is actually a lot better than what the critics said. I, I believe the critics saw an incomplete version uh, that wasn't supposed to go out there, and they saw that, and it didn't work for them, and as a result, uh, made no money. 
but there's a lot of really good stuff here. Uh, Raul Julia is in it, and that guy is perhaps the single most charismatic actor I've ever seen in my life. He is just everything. Every single thing that he says is like, I just want to go wherever you're going, dude. He is so so cool in this. I don't know how you guys feel about Tom Waits, but uh, I love him, and he did the score, and he did the songs, and they're really, really good, so it works for me. And it's especially appropriate for this movie. And it also has Natasha Kinski, who is the daughter of Klaus Kinski. Um, Natasha Kinski is gorgeous in this movie. I love her, and uh, unfortunately, whenever I, I think about her, I also think about what she said about her father, how she said that uh, she was glad that he was dead. And then I read up about Klaus Kinsey, and I uh, agreed with her. So, kind of sad thing. Would I recommend One from the Heart? Honestly, I kind of I kind of would. I, I think it's actually a pretty decent movie. Uh, your mileage may vary, but who knows. Anyway, uh, same girl that I saw Black Dynamite with, I was like, hey, let's go spend six hours at the movie theater. She hadn't seen everything everywhere all at once, so we watched that. And uh, guess what? It's still perfect. Literally zero flaws. I'll fight people in the streets who disagree. And then I was like, yo, there's a free showing of Contact. Let's go watch that. What? I did not I did not know that Contact was a two and a half hour movie. I also didn't know that it was directed by Robert Zemeckis. So I guess I'll just never watch it. Yeah. Cool. Ah, you say that. How can I get both of you to watch this movie? Ah, I've got an idea. I will describe the first act to you. Okay, so the basic story here is that Jodie Foster is listening to satellite transmissions from deep into outer space. She's just listening for something. There's got to be something out there. And one day, she hears something. And they decipher what she's listening to, and it is very obviously a sign of intelligent life. And they track it because it's this pulsating rhythm, and it goes one, two, three, five. 7, 11. It's all prime numbers. And it's obviously you're, you're uh, counting on the fact that aliens use base 10, but it's all the sequence of uh, prime numbers from uh, 1 to, uh, I guess, 101. And they, they realize there's got to be something out there, and they decode this, and they, they're looking at like a spectrogram of that rhythm there, and they realize that in all this static, there's actually... A decipherable pattern here. They look at it, it's like four little clusters of something together. And uh, they do the computer enhance thing, right? And uh, they're like, huh, let's, let's zoom in a bit. No, that doesn't make any better. Let's, let's zoom out, zoom out. And it, it somehow gets a little bit clearer. Like, wait, what is this? They zoom out a bit more, and uh, that four cluster thing turns into some lines, a cluster of four lines. And Jodie Foster's eyes get wide. She says, computer, rotate 90 degrees. And those four lines turn into a swastika on the sleeve of Adolf Hitler. Okay. <laughs> now, Two and a half hours, huh? Yeah, now, NSA, now NSA President James Woods is in the office while oh, this is happening. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he was probably elated. Now... As they're talking, he is. You hear Hitler in the background. He's talking about the 1936 Olympic Games, and uh, the implication comes out that the 1936 Olympic Games were broadcast outside of uh, Berlin, uh, not very far, because they're trying to show off their television capabilities. And uh, apparently, those signals went into outer space, and I guess. I don't know how many years later, just finally bounced back to the United States. This is immediately followed by 
President Bill Clinton as himself giving a report to the press. And uh, I will say that's obviously one of those Zemeckis trips, uh, the Zemeckis tricks where he uh, just gets a guy in there. Uh, he, the same thing he did on Forrest Gump, Alex's favorite movie. But uh, that reveal is something that I saw in the theater, and I had to be quiet because it was the Alamo. <laughs> that the, the alien <laughs> signal is sending Adolf Hitler to them. <laughs> you know, um, if you got kicked out of a free screening right after seeing that, I think you're probably in a better place than you are right now. You say that? Uh, I actually loved Contact. I thought it was really, oh, okay. really good. Uh, I think it's one of the better space movies I've seen. Uh, here's something for you, Alex. I know you didn't like Interstellar. Uh, by the way, this has Matthew McConaughey in here, and it's about making content with Asperger's. Uh I think you would like Contact a lot more. I, I, in fact, I think if you watch Contact, I think you would come away saying, this is a really, really good movie. Uh, it's really not all that much like Interstellar, although it's almost as long. This one's worth watching. This one's actually really, really good. It was actually based on the novel by Carl Sagan, who died during production and uh, was uh, one of the consultants on the movie to make sure that they got all the science right. So it's about as accurate as something like this could possibly be. James Woods, uh, we try not to get too political on the show, but he's just really, really good at everything he does, and I kind of hate it. <laughs> uh, he's, he's so much fun to watch, dude. He's just so good in this role. Obviously, Matthew McConaughey is really good as well, and Jodie Foster is great. Uh, I, I love this movie. I, I really do. Uh, I might buy the Blu-ray of this. It's worth watching, especially for like the climax of the movie. It's so, so cool. Uh I, uh, this, this one worked for me. This one, this one really worked for me. Uh, all right, uh, Alex, what did you watch? <laughs> Alex and I played a game of chicken that whole time, seeing which of us would reference Mr. Garrison vomiting and talking about how much he hated contact. A scene <laughs> I will never forget in my entire life. Oh, well, fuck Mr. Garrison, contact rule. That's from, like, season one or two. You know, I Man, knew there was, was a Star... Wait, wait, brain. I knew there was a South Park thing about... I didn't know if it was contact, or if it was... What's that movie with, like, a girl was, like, a sexy thing or something like that? Uh, like, a sexy alien or something? Um, How do I, I know that you mean the fifth element? No, it wasn't the fifth element. It wasn't the fifth element. No, he's talking about the one you assigned me. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Species. Yeah, species. Oh, yeah. Like, (laughs) talked about species. I couldn't remember if it was that or species. So, as I was walking here in there, I was like, I hope this one's good. (laughs) Oh, species. Oh, my God. I'd be my own jerk of the week. Yeah. All right. Well, I did not watch species. Yeah. You lost. All right. Yeah. Alex, uh, wow. What did you watch? Alright, so, uh, in lieu of talking about this movie that I'm sure has been covered in depth a week ago, uh, let's play a game called, uh, What Do You Guys Think Alex Thought About the Northman? Fuck. Oh, I did see a tweet from you that, uh, you said that, uh, Viking lore is boring, so I guess you didn't enjoy it very much? Uh, to be fair, in that tweet I said we should just let the white supremacists have the Viking lore. It's not worth fighting for, (laughs) which is a, uh, different argument entirely. Perfect timing, because we just did an episode on it. (laughs) <laughs> I really could go either way Like there's no middle ground for me uh, I'd like to guess Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Go ahead how come, you, how come you guys told me this isn't an A24 movie And then tried to hide the, uh, the A24 logo during the production Credits <laughs> I'll be positive. So you're going negative You loved it you're going. You're going positive. Chris is going negative. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I, I think that's fair. Let's make it simple. All right. 
It was fine. Oh, that's what you were saying. I <laughs> thought you were saying the Lorenzo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. Um, uh, yeah. No, I I, uh, I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed the other Robert Eggers movies because it had a plot, mm-hmm. even if it was a plot from the 800s. Yeah. Turns out, I actually, just, uh, yeah, I liked it more than having something. Movies. Yeah, having something going on, like that's kind of enough for me. Mm-hmm. I like, I don't mind like the the stylistic artsy fartsy jackoff shit. You just gotta give me something to go with it, mm-hmm. and like, I mean, yeah, there were points at this when I was kind of bored like I didn't like 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 it was obviously like very well shot very well acted like it was pleasant to look at mm-hmm. like didn't overstay its welcome uh I mean it's it's given that it's based on what a story from like 1400 years ago mm-hmm. like it's not like you know there's like any spoilers or anything you can possibly have with this like you kind of know what you're in for when you sit down even if you've never heard the the viking lore that this is based on but uh yeah, man, it turns out literally everything that was going on is made so much cooler by the fact that there's a plot at all. I, I once again challenge you to tell me what The Lighthouse is about. Okay, uh, no. it's, about, <laughs> it, it's about two guys who are stuck in a lighthouse and they uh, proceed to go insane based on their isolation. It's a lot like Clerks. Two guys in or, black yeah, and white. It's like Clerks. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's get down <laughs> to a lot of jack off jokes. Here. Yeah, no, he's let's, not wrong. Let's yeah, get, I, let's get down to brass tacks here. So, do you think Josh drafted that Berserker guy uh, in that game that they play in his Omni Fantasy thing? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It can't be ruled out. Yeah. I, I, my, my scouting reports were from 790 yeah. AD, so uh, <laughs> I uh, just had no no way to see that coming. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. Uh, it's not a movie I'm ever gonna watch again. But uh, yeah, that's the thing. I, is I, like, I, I can't imagine buying this on Blu-ray being like, yeah, I'm in the mood to watch The Northman again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah kind of. You know, it's done, and you're like, you're you're walking out. And it's like, yeah, that was pretty cool. And then yeah. like, two minutes later, you're like, wait a minute. That was just the end of Revenge of the Sith, wasn't it? Oh, your favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say that, like, I, you know, I kind of, I don't know. I'm not trying to speak for, like, how other people saw this. I will say that this is, like, a movie I think men would enjoy a lot more than women. For a bunch of What reasons. makes you say that? Yeah, is it, the, it? Uh, <laughs> the house full of children that gets burned alive? <laughs> See, well, that's, like, one thing there is uh, I don't think that men watch this movie and come out, like, 300 and say, like, dude, that was so kick-ass. I think they say, wow, that was, like, a really well-told story. Because, uh, I, I don't know, I just think, like, the white supremacist angle for this is uh, kind of silly, but perhaps not quite as silly as the argument that Twitter's been making about the French Dispatch. <laughs> I think my angle is perfectly too. valid, actually. Yeah. Trust me by name. I, I did. I did learn the word fascoid. So uh, <laughs> fascoid's a good one. I, you know, yeah, I like learning things. See, this is this is why I appreciate Twitter. They teach me new things. Yeah, so glad you had. Fascoid is the scientific term for Aryan. <laughs> it's actually the, it's it's the baby oh, Pokemon that evolved get my into Elon Musk. <laughs> Guys, I don't think I'd fare very well back then. I don't think I'd survive yeah. very long. I don't know. You and you and Alexander Skarsgård have the same neck curvature. I would not make a good slave, and therefore I would not make it very long. That means you did. You'd get to be king, though. You know, because you know you have a side role. So I uh, I am interested in seeing more of that game where they beat each other to death with dinosaur bones. Oh yeah, sure. dude! Dinosaur oh, yeah. Quidditch rips. I'd love another yeah. scene of that. <laughs> 
Alright, well, uh, yeah, it's basically like 300, but with a little bit less slow-mo. So, going yeah, on... Kinda. Yeah, what else did you uh, watch? Moving on, uh, this was just one of those things that was like on while I was in the living room, so I wasn't paying too much attention Still to it. Counts. But I hadn't seen She's All That in a while, and I definitely forgot that there's a scene in that where the Shermanator has to eat a piece of pizza with pubes on it. So, uh, Parker... Watch that again. There has to be a direct influence <laughs> for Freddy. I surely watched it again. That <laughs> <laughs> seems essential to my canon. <laughs> Just watching Freddy Prince Jr. intervene to defend a little babby Kieran Culkin from the bullies, one of whom is the Shermanator, who's trying to make him eat pizza with pubes on it. Like, that's. that's sometimes that's all you need in life. Yeah. I should watch She's All That and Can't Hardly Wait back to back and just make a whole day out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, you can do worse. Turns out we self-care. can go back. There's a whole lot of Matthew Lillard in that movie. Ooh, a whole lot of Paul Walker in that knew. movie, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's... Yeah. it's. I- I'm not sure how well it's aged, because there are a lot of references to both the real world and road rules that <sighs> did a lot for me. Oh but, uh, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. I-, I was very fine with having that on in the background. Um, Let's see what else we got. Oh, uh, I, uh, <laughs> so because I am incapable of practicing self-care, I decided to watch two, uh, two heavily maligned remakes from the past 20 years, back-to-back. You have my attention, I'm so Yeah, ready. this sounds like something <laughs> I would do. Let's, let's hear it. Okay, so let's start with the remake of Red Dawn. <laughs> oh my god, are you serious? Wait a <laughs> second, yeah, I was going serious. to suggest that as a future episode. Is it a okay. future episode? Uh, it's probably not enough there. Like we we could talk. That's a movie if we ever like wanted to plan like a fifty minute episode. Oh we great! Could do it. Yeah. Oh. But uh, in that case, yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, the original. You know, it's about Patrick Swayze and his little brother Charlie Sheen defending small town America from a Russian invasion. Mm-hmm. This one take. This one was made in twenty twelve. Well, it came out in twenty twelve. It was made in two thousand ten and sat on a shelf for two years before it was released. But um, you know, That's always a good sign. The bad guy in this one are the North Koreans. Yes. Now, I'm sure I'm sure you're wondering why the North Koreans are launching an assault on what I believe is Spokane, Washington. And the answer is it was originally the Chinese, but they didn't want to lose the market, so they just CGI'd <laughs> over all of the flags. It, correct me if I'm wrong, does this movie feature Chosh Peck? It sure does. Not only does it feature Josh Peck in the Charlie Sheen role, but he's also the local high school star quarterback. That makes sense. Talking me You figure it out. Was this like uh, when he lost weight or before he lost weight? Because uh, he is this this be a skinny like a Pillsbury... Josh Peck. Oh, I was hoping for a Pillsbury throw boy. <laughs> <laughs> if we got he ate me in this movie, <laughs> I, I would have been super stoked. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it turns out literally the only idea this movie had was... Uh, hey, what if we just cast young Chris Hemsworth as Patrick Swayze? And he's pretty good at that. Yeah. And uh, this movie is, like, I mean, it's, like, bad. Like, it's, like, kind of washably bad. Like, it's, if you know what Red Dawn is, it's exactly that. So, embarrassing. more shitty CGI and a couple more, like, big explosions. Embarrassing reveal here, I've never seen Red Dawn. And I actually kind of want to see it, so. So, the original Red Dawn is worth watching. It's, it's pulpy and stupid, but, like, not in, like, the dumb, like, you know, flag-waving American way that you would expect it to be based on the way people talk about it now. Right, it's yeah. actually, like, 
but like it's a movie where like you know the characters like actually have arcs and like there's things going on mm-hmm. and like in this it's just like oh josh peck's character is mad because his girlfriend's not here oh. oh this other guy's just kind of a pussy they gotta make him strong oh josh peck ran off during the middle of the attack to fight his girlfriend oh now they're mad at each other oh now he's gonna go away for three days oh now he's back and it's like there's no time for anything to breathe like not that i want this movie to be longer but it's just kind of like plot events loosely strung together mm-hmm. that roughly resemble the original which like it's bad but it's not like you know offensively bad it's not the neon demon you know yeah. it's just it's like a kind <laughs> of a, a bad movie, regular yeah. bad movie yeah, ruined but, my uh, night. <laughs> watching josh peck with fucking m249 jump up on top of a tank is uh not something i expected to ever see in a movie so uh you know what there's that yeah Wow, Parker! I'm sure at some point this will be in your future. I was I was yeah. seriously thinking about this movie. I was thinking, yeah, that that'll be a good idea. Actually, I would. I think the other Alex recommended it uh, as an idea. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a PG-13 action movie. Like, oh, I didn't know it was PG-13. Yeah, yeah if this were R, maybe, yeah. but uh, you know, yeah. is what it is. They may do. It's not good, but uh, so uh. That was the second of my double feature. And probably a lot of the reason that uh, I'm being fairly generous to the uh, slapstick nature of the uh, the plot of the Red Dawn remake is because immediately preceding it, I watched 2002's Rollerball. I just rose up like The Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> oh my <Okay>. god. <laughs> oh, so, who is in this? I gotta know. Is so directed by, directed by friend of the program John McTiernan. Legend. Um, by the way, this is in fact the movie that he was caught wiretapping his producer on and served a year in prison for. So, uh, you know, God, he's so cool. he was af- he was so afraid of studio interference with his Rollerball remake that he hired a PI to wiretap the movie's producer. So we have our hero. We, we, we meet in our first scene, which is, of course, a street luge down the streets of San Francisco. Oh, my God. Who is played by the guy who played Oz in American Pie. Uh, <laughs> it took my are... brain a couple seconds. <laughs> yeah. Oz. Oh, wow. They, they have him looking and trying to sound as much like Keanu Reeves as humanly possible. It does not work in the slightest. No. Uh, they're getting chased down the streets of San Francisco by the cops before our hero is saved by the timely arrival of LL Cool J driving a Porsche. Okay, um, so next who, week. Uh... Who <laughs> tells him that uh, um, he's got this great gig in the Rollerball League and that uh, our hero, known as Jonathan, should come with him. So we immediately smash cut to Kazakhstan <laughs> where this I... enormous Rollerball arena has been built and we're meeting all of these people with cool names like la guillotine and then chris klein's character who is just called by everyone jonathan parker do you want to just (laughs) (laughs) we get our first rollerball scene what is rollerball you ask great question i have no fucking idea there are balls there are teams there's guys on motorcycles people wear stupid costumes the action is so like nauseatingly quick cutting that you never have the slightest fucking clue what's going on (laughs) We meet our bad guy, Jean Reno, with a Fu Manchu, oh, and his I assistant, and his assistant, the guy that Chris thought was M. Night Shyamalan in that one movie. 
Serbia has everything. <laughs> we we, we start the first. Up. There's no we way. We start the first rollerball scene where our heroic team, who are the red horsemen, I think their their color is red. Whatever, all the teams yeah, yeah, are yeah, theme yeah. colored. Yeah. They are playing against the Golden Horde, while the soundtrack just bumps. Boom! Here comes the boom. Oh Ready or not, here <laughs> comes the boys from the south in its entirety. I am. Am I hallucinating this? Am I gonna wake up and be like, "Damn, I wish the movie was real"? Uh, it is around this point that the powers that be realize that the way for their league to make money is to just invent more and more convoluted ways for the players to get injured on camera. <laughs> so, a dude gets his head bashed in with a metal ball. We get a Shane McMahon cameo. Yes! A Rob Zombie song, please. Yes. <laughs> Did I make this? <laughs> you might as well have. <laughs> we also have... A live performance from the band Slipknot. Alright, just adding it to the watch list. I'm vibrating have... so fucking furiously right now. <laughs> there is an over five minute long action scene shot completely in night vision. Where Chris Klein and LL are riding through the desert on a dirt bike. Being chased by a plane. They go off road to try to avoid it. They drive through a wire fence, and it makes this boing sound effect that's just like louder than everything else in the movie, and like has to be there intentionally. But like, literally made me pause it. I was laughing so hard. Hey, Chris, uh, I just want you to close your eyes and visualize the little prince from Northman running, going, "I got the ball! I got the ball!" And LL just <laughs> fucking decleating this little I was, shit. I was about to say, you know. <laughs> Uh, um, you know, we, uh, <laughs> we, we get a scene where, um, you know, at the end where Jean Reno and, uh, Chris Klein are having their showdown, where the, uh, the Kazakhstani miners rise up in the stands and start chanting Jonathan in a Russian accent, and then, <laughs> and then a second Rob Zombie song plays over the credits. All right. Five stars. Yeah, just... Yeah. Completely incomprehensible. No I, idea what I watched. Genuinely painful to watch. Super boring. Not a lot happens. But also amazing in every way. Cannot wait to talk about this. <laughs> oh my fucking god. <laughs> Did someone use like time travel? They listen to the show and just listen to every episode <laughs> cobbled it together into like one movie. Yeah, I feel overwhelmed. I didn't even watch it. How, have Dude, we, how do you think I feel? I feel overstimulated. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think like, I'm ODing on someone else's movie experience. <laughs> Literally, I'm just fucking, like, scrolling through our greatest friend and ally, Prime Video. I, like, I, I pause for a brief second when I see the title and think, like, well, there's something I know about this. And I look up, and it's just Chris Klein's giant, meaty, Jeff Probst-looking face. And I'm like... <laughs> All right, <laughs> and that's how they get you. Um, no, you, yeah. only you. <laughs> yeah, correct. That's what I said, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait to watch. This. Yeah. Let me put it this way: the uh, um, <laughs> the related movies on IMDb for this title are Blood Rain, Fear dot com, oh. <laughs> 
and Barb Wire, the movie oh. horror, the, the fucking Pamela Anderson yeah. action movie. Yeah, I know, I know Barb Wire. You, did you know wow, that? That's a whole are, month of episodes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you know that movie is a ripoff of Casablanca? What else? Did this you watch? Trick question. Sorry, we're not watching. I just killed that entire sequence. <laughs> a good thing it would show up fast enough, but I, I took too much in at once. Yeah. No response. <laughs> He's just foaming right. at the mouth. <laughs> well, no, I got distracted because I found something that I need to bookmark for the game of games. So. No, I'm sorry, the what? Uh, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's that no. thing he's going to do where we watch movies and he doesn't. No. I, look, as soon as the semester is over, I am uh, taking uh, a week and I'm watching all my assignments. i got two weeks left. I have six papers due in that time. You're going to have to suck it up. Mm-hmm. I feel like watching all of those in a week might kill you. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> I watched like a dozen of last year's assignments in two days, so you know. You haven't recovered yet, to be Time honest. Time used profitably. never been the same. That's, you know. Yeah. You're right, it is your fault. I started yeah. a master's program. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Parker, you sound excited to talk to us about something. So, Chris, <laughs> let's talk about It's Alive. Yes. How do we describe this mutant baby puppet. Be- wait, before we get to the mutant baby puppet, we should probably talk about, like, around the movie sort of thing. So, It's oh, Alive sure. was released in... Because I think that makes it a lot better. It's Alive was released in 1974, and no one saw it. It was, like, nothing. People hated it. It was whatever. And then they decided, you know, there's something there with that movie. Let's try releasing it again. So they re-released it in 1977, but this time they actually decided they would advertise the fucking thing. And their advertisement was a great idea. They came up with a poster. The poster had this like creepy shot of a a baby uh, of a baby's like um, crib, and you just see a, like a gremlin hand sticking out of it. And Parker, would you like to uh, repeat the tagline for this movie? There's only one thing wrong with the Davis baby. It's alive. It's incredible. <laughs> if I see that in my newspaper, I am quitting whatever job I have to go to the drive-in that night. I will be goddamned if I miss it. That's, I mean, right off the bat, you you nailed it right there. You have to see that movie just based on that description. That tagline so. with the little monster hand sticking out of the bassinet. Absolutely, go fuck yourself. Right. I would skip a. I would skip funerals for this. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I skipped my own wedding for that. All right, so this movie. I, I want to talk about the opening because I thought the opening was so strong that it whatever happened after it, I just didn't even care. So uh, the Davises, uh, or Davidson, I don't remember what their names were. Uh, by the way, this movie stars no one and features nothing. Uh, Correct. They are uh, well. It features one yeah. thing. Yeah, one one really important thing. <laughs> uh, it features a, a mom, a dad, and I, I think an 11-year-old son. And uh, mom's pregnant with a baby. And uh, the baby starts kicking, so it's like, okay, let's take mom to the hospital so she can give birth to the baby. We can bring the baby home, which is usually what people do with babies. And the dad's waiting outside in the waiting room. And the uh, doctor's like, oh, yeah, it's a very big baby. Oh, what's going <laughs> to be here? And... Uh, the dad's just waiting outside, and I'm just reminded of that King of the Hill thing. It's like, boy, I tell you, that goofus is a dumbass. And uh, <laughs> two thankful bottles. That's the best line in the entire yeah. show. Yeah, this <laughs> is a great line. Anyway, he suddenly hears a bang from the door where his uh, wife is, 
and a doctor comes out, uh, it does, like, the whole, like, good, the bad, the ugly, like, dying opening scene. He's covered in blood, and that's a really great moment for the audience. You go, what, what, how did that happen? What's in there? And he goes in, and it might as well be Vietnam. There are, like, <laughs> eight dead doctors covered in blood on the ground. Mom's okay, and she's like, where's the baby? What's, what's going on? What's uh, everyone doing dying for? Apparently, the baby went rogue and killed all the doctors. This is before you see the baby. Incredible so, reveal of just yeah. the guy stumbling into the hallway, and then yeah. you just cut into the trauma ward, where she's in the stirrups like, where's my, where's, guys, Yeah, very funny, everyone, where's my baby? Yeah, it is, I mean, that scene right there hooked me. And everything else that comes after is like, uh, you know, that scene right there was so, so good. Would you like to? And then, uh, (laughs) it's all good. And then, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about the baby and what to do with the baby. And should we keep the baby? uh, I feel sad that this happened. Can you show me the baby killing someone? I'm trying to get to this. So, uh. Parker, you asked me to describe the way that the baby looks here, and uh, I artfully dodged that question. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to describe this. this. It looks like the fucking baby peanut, but with monster teeth. <laughs> it is, it's one of the most horrifying-looking things I've ever seen. Yeah, the if ugliest that puppet that's me, ever existed. Yeah, if that thing came out of me, I'd immediately tie my own tubes. Like, this thing <laughs> looks horrible. And I think there's, like, a weird thing that they do where they substitute this very fake-looking baby with an actual baby at some point to be like, oh, I guess it can change forms to normal baby mode. Uh, it reminded me of in the Child's Play movies when they would just have a little person in the Chucky outfit sometimes. See, it reminded me of what we do in the shadows when he says, human form! <laughs> that too yeah so uh there are some gory kills uh i guess the milkman one is uh fairly well known uh yeah it, it was okay i i thought there was an interesting thing uh that they were doing at the end like uh don't hurt him he's my son uh, he's okay i promise he won't kill anyone anymore and i guess there's like that sort of like parental bond sort of thing that they're trying to do but uh I guess they kind of mishandled this. That being said, I did like this movie more than uh, God told me to. It's evidenced by the fact that I didn't talk about God told me to. Now, luckily, this is the only movie in the series. Cannot emphasize enough how much of a disgusting little monster this baby puppet is. Yeah. With the most... I watched this with headphones. It is one of the most annoying <laughs> sounds I've ever heard in my life coming out of it. <laughs> Just a disgusting little <laughs> shit goblin. Yeah. The most heinous looking creature. Where at the end, like, this guy has to sell, like, no, that's, that's my boy. And he was just scared. Is all you, can, you can't hurt him. You have to promise you can't hurt him. And he just hear, with this disgusting living turd. You're like, just put a fucking bullet in it. Well, as you might remember, um, he's trying to get the baby away to safety. The baby lunges at a doctor, and 20 cops just open fire on him. Yeah, that's right. So his baby is no longer. So the sequel, uh, perfectly named It Lives Again, shout out, nailed it, (laughs) same writer-director, same actor, he's back, and he has taken it upon himself to find other parents who are also having monster babies. Yeah, because that's like the uh, the ending, that was like the fucking, um, the cliffhanger ending, it's like, uh, we just got another call, there's another set of parents who just had one. So, uh, there's, uh, special agencies out there trying to eliminate these monster children. So he has taken it upon himself 
to find these families and rescue them so their horrific, murderous nightmare baby doesn't devour people wildly and hide in the sewers. So he finds this family, and they um, he tries to talk to them like, oh, yeah, thanks, thanks, man, that's awesome. Thanks for talking to us, and we're leaving. They go to the hospital, and as soon as they pull into the lobby, like 15 police cars roll up and try and escort her inside. <laughs> so, of course, uh, he does what anyone would do. He has to protect our baby. Boy, not a, not a great day for this conversation. But it's fine. Yeah. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> he just does what you could do back then, which is just sneak a oh. gun into a hospital. Oh. Gets her out of there. And uh, he takes her out of the maternity ward at gunpoint into the giant Wii van that he has constructed specifically <laughs> for her to give birth while they flee the cops. Well, like stirrups and everything? With a giant cage to put the monster baby in. <laughs> <laughs> This movie rules. Um, she has the kids successfully. It almost murders one of the doctors because, of course, it does. And they are taken to a lab where the monster babies introduced to two other monster babies in captivity. Hey, uh, this might surprise you, but they break out and start killing people. <laughs> a bunch of stupid shit happens. A lot of people get eaten by cheap-looking puppets. It's what. It's pretty much the first movie again. The end. Now, you might be asking yourself, Parker, besides the autism, why would you watch the third one? <laughs> to which I ask you, Chris, do you know what the third one is called? Uh, no, I forgot. What's it called? Because if you saw it, it was called It's Alive 3, colon, Island of the Alive. You would have immediately <laughs> downloaded Oh my god. <laughs> the poster is of a tropical beach with a little baby carrier sitting on the sand and a monster claw sticking out of it. It's alive. Larry Cohen tropical. gets butts and seats. He gets butts and seats is what I'm <laughs> saying. Yeah, that is incredible, man. It's so good. It was it was not a hard decision. All these movies are 90 minutes with credits. This was an easy choice to make. Oh, man. So, we are years and years later. And uh, this new guy, he's in a courtroom just begging the judge like, Hey, you guys have to stop murking these beautiful adult sons of ours. Please stop killing our babies. And the defense is like, Oh, yeah? She bring your kid in here. And then they wheel in this giant circus cage with this heinous monster inside of it. Uh, shockingly, it breaks through the bars and almost <laughs> murders everyone. But he's able to calm it down. And he tells him, no, no, no. See, it's just because he's scared. He was trying to protect me. Just let my beautiful adult boy live. And uh, much like the cowards with the ravine dog from the police chase, they do not put the thing <laughs> down. They waste taxpayer money and decide, you know what? will quarantine all of the babies on a remote island. How will they survive, you ask? Good question. People from the pharmaceutical company are like, oh damn, our, our uh, whatever product it is caused all these birth defects. Let's eliminate the evidence. Grab some guns, we're going to the island. <laughs> uh, they do that, and they all get murdered. Just monster babies run amok and jumping out of the trees like the fucking Viet Cong. It is beautiful. Five years pass. Um, oh boy, this is where things really... Oh, okay. So, main character, uh, really having a tough go of it. Uh, not really get landing any jobs or women on account of being the guy famous for having a monster baby that eats people. And someone comes up to him and like, Hey man, um, we're going to go to the island to study their growth and all that. Do you want to come with us? So he's like, yeah, sure. Uh, spoilers, everyone but him dies. 
uh, he finds out that the babies want to travel to Florida to find their mom. This is where he realizes, when he's taken onto the boat, that the babies have grown. They have reached adulthood, and two of them have had a baby of their own. Oh, God. This man is a grandfather to this little mutant thing. Oh, I was hoping it'd be a regular baby. <laughs> no, absolutely not. This is also where he learns that the mutants, they communicate telepathically. So while they walk around going, they're also reading your minds and relaying thoughts back to you. Now, they come across a boat, and they're panicked, like, oh no, if they come across this boat, they're going to kill all of us. Quick, throw our human dad overboard. It'll be okay. The boat will rescue him. Well, uh, he wakes up to find himself in a Cuban prison, and they think he's a spy that was deserting his <laughs> fucking boat. As this is happening, the babies make it to Florida. They make it to shore, and the rampage on 80s Florida punks begins. We cut back to the main character, who uh, just pr in the prior scene was being told he was going to be tortured for all the information he has. Uh, this couple of Cubans just helped him sneak back onto the beach. Everything seems to be cool. Uh, we don't really know what happened, but it's fine. And we learn that all this is happening because the mommy and daddy monster are sick. They have measles. And they don't know how to treat it. So they drop <laughs> off the monster baby to grandma and grandpa to take care of it as they die. <laughs> they die holding hands. These two oversized puppets. <laughs> just broke. <laughs> hand on their little goblin son to this dude. And him and his wife, played by Karen Black, because of course she is, just drive off cackling into the night to raise this thing as their own. Uh, look forward to you watching it next week, buddy. That's I, all I'll see about I can't believe this, dude. That's it's incredible. So good. Holy shit. That was my week. <laughs> <laughs> it was magical. The yeah. fact that we both watched the original It's Alive and then found out after the fact that we had both watched it simultaneously. We had no uh, idea. I can't believe it. That's called serendipity. That's the true power of autism in our final form yeah all right uh are we ready to talk about ghost shark always all right yeah i can power through okay <laughs> so ghost shark it ghost shark is one of those sci-fi original movies uh everyone knows the type you know it's uh it's not gonna have the world's greatest special effects or anything but you will get a shark that is a ghost. You get exactly what you paid for, which is <laughs> not very much. So, let's talk about how Ghost Shark begins. And I don't even need my notes for this. I just want to make sure I get the weapons that they use correct. There's a couple of rednecks who charter a boat to go catch me a big fish daddy. And as to <laughs> why they want to catch me a big fish daddy, I think it's because they want to win the grand prize, which appears to be a hat. I, I don't <laughs> well, get yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, no, that's how it works down yeah, there. They, they just want to win a hat. I guess it's just that's a symbol of power. And uh, one of these guys, he looks like Parker. This is a reference mostly for you. Remember in the Creeping Terror, there was that one dad who was like fucking spherical. He was so fat. He <laughs> was just like, "Don't make me stand up." <laughs> he's he's like that big. He's got like a Duck Dynasty beard and everything. Uh, anyway, he catches a big fish, daddy. But then a shark comes by and eats the fish. 
And instead of being like, holy shit, man, a shark ate a fish, it is like, oh, that's past the time limit. I'm going to bring my boat back. He's like, no. Trickle down, bub. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm going to... I'm going to get my revenge on the shark. Uh, making this the second movie about a uh, shark and revenge that we've seen after uh, <laughs> Jaws 4. Uh, so what does he do? Uh, obviously the most normal thing that you would do. Uh, you shoot the shark with a 357 Magnum. Then you shoot it with a crossbow. Then you pour a beer on it. And uh, <laughs> then you blow it up with a grenade. So we are the not cold open four minutes this movie. into this movie. Throwing a grenade into a shark's mouth before the title card is one of the most impressive. Yeah. Laying it all on the table, like, "Hey, you enter, you out. What yeah. do you want to do here?" It's and it's not just that they grenade the shark. It's that they go to the tackle box and they open it up, and there's a grenade inside. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like they just found a grenade. They had that one planned in case uh, a shark came by. So uh, the shark. I, I guess the shark corpse floats to the secret mystical lagoon where, through the power of Ben Franklin's electricity, it obtains ghost powers and it proceeds to exact its revenge upon the rednecks. Don't you dare ask me to explain any of this. Yeah, so we're five minutes into the movie. Uh, now we see our, our main cast of characters, uh, the mystery gang. Including one guy where, Alex, I know you wrote down he's the missing McQuiston brother. I decided... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah, that's no. a good read. <laughs> now, I had a different take. I wrote down, this is Danny Tamborelli. So... <laughs> <laughs> this dude, um, I did some research. So this dude is just a fucking, like, YouTube movie guy. He's just a guy that just would record himself picking up Blu-rays and shit every week. This is just this movie man. Club? <laughs> I mean, this man also he's lost like all of that weight. So this dude oh, literally boy. like has made a living off of just recording himself going to Best Buy and buying steel books. Got to get eaten by a ghost shark and now is in better shape than I've ever been. I've never been more <laughs> jealous in my fucking life, dude. I would give anything. <laughs> I can't believe this is that's real. You're not making any of that up. Oh my it's god, it's real. This so. channel's still up. He's just going to all the stores, getting the hot exclusive releases. As I just him? sit here just watching Rollerball, <laughs> invite him to the Discord. Okay, so uh, I just wrote down this line out of context. You gonna let me bust a cherry on your jet ski? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Is that what the terminology is? Is there a jet ski movie? Do we have we not watched a jet ski movie yet? I feel like a jet ski movie is like something that we should do is, for the show. Is there a good one? Uh, there should be. No, nah, probably not. I mean, yeah. Anyway, uh, so the ghost shark is uh, out there in them waters, and uh, the the black kid saves uh, one of the hot chicks, uh, and she dumps him off the jet ski. To like try to get away, and I think that's like incredibly one of the, fucked up. Man. Yeah, extremely because there is room on there. It's like the whole like you know Jack. There's room for him on the door, sort of thing. Like he, she could get on with him, but uh, she I guess kicks him off his own jet ski to get eaten by the shark yeah. in her place. Yeah, it was, you know yeah. they do be like that though. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Well, uh, anyway, then she's the one who uh, gets eaten because she has no honor. How does she get eaten? <laughs> uh, oh, how does the ghost shark come back from the... Well, 
it just flies out of the water to bite off her upper torso while it's, she's on the jet ski. <laughs> the best part about it is, I swear, the sound effect sounds like one of those. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like one of those fucking uh, like Tom and Jerry or Looney Tunes like buzzsaw sound effects. Like <laughs> this movie has incredible sound work because yeah, it does. by far the hardest laugh I had this entire week. There's a scene where like the quote-unquote hot white main characters are talking while they're in the jet ski in the background and mm. you just hear like slightly too loud i'm on a jet ski whoa <laughs> while they're talking <laughs> floored me <laughs> oh my goodness well they're on the beach uh, understandably distraught and the local sheriff comes to town uh, Officer Flatfoot does not believe their stories, and all of a sudden, Ernest Hemingway shows up, oh, drunk as a skunk, talking about God. ghosts. <laughs> I have. I just looked at like this is the future I deserve. Yes. To be the drunk yes. old shanty man who just stumbles into town to tell sheriff, I'm telling you, ghosts is real. Like, okay, yeah, we, thank you. We have to and acquire and or build a lighthouse yeah. for this purpose. Yeah. <laughs> for this purpose, not for the Robert. Uh, so, of course. Yeah. Anyway, I do remember that, like, they're, they're like, can you describe the so-called ghost shark? And uh, I think one of the girls says, it was translucent. And uh, the sheriff's like, translucent? You mean you can see through it? And I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's going to be one of these movies where it's like... Well, oh, it's I'm, for the sci-fi yeah, audience. Yeah, I was about man. to say, yeah. yeah, it's for the sci-fi channel audience. Also, the sci-fi audience. So, uh, the cop takes the Scooby gang into his office uh, to watch a video of that girl's dad get eaten. <laughs> <laughs> he just has the footage just, and he keeps rewinding it like hey see right there what's that <laughs> watch your dad get bisected by a ghost now young lady can you explain where your father's upper half went back no. <laughs> to the left so uh <laughs> dude this has the scene where the mayor comes in he doesn't want the word to get out he just like gets close to the ship and goes Put a thousand dollar bounty on all sharks in the bay. Right, yeah. They do like the, the Jaws Mayor sort of thing. It's like, oh, I can't have a ghost shark out when I'm running for re-election. <laughs> and this also has an incredible thing where they're like, damn, that's really fucked up that a friend died. Are we still going to that pool party? <laughs> they just decide, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We'll make it into a memorial service. We'll have the pool party in memory of her. Yeah, it's the memorial... If I, if I ever die, I want you guys to throw me a pool party in remembrance, all right? Can I, can I trust <laughs> If I ever no die, more? you guys are going with me, so right. no party for you. <laughs> I promise that I will never die. Thank you. All right, so uh, there's that one guy. He's like the guy who's like trying to hit on the, the main girl who lost her dad, uh, rest in pepperoni. Anyway, he's, he's sitting at the edge of the pool texting on his Blackberry because uh, it's that kind of movie. And then the missing McQuiston brother hears hut, hut, hike and slams into this guy. Probably breaks three of his vertebrae and ruins his Blackberry. <laughs> and the launchers. So, uh, he gives him the old James Harrison. He yeah. gets the shit out of him. I also want to say that this movie is really unrealistic. You can't have a guy that big without a shirt on around a pool. Let's, let's be real. <laughs> Uh, I would go the other way on that one. I think it's actually necessary if you're going to have a pool party to have one really fat shirtless dude. Yeah. Otherwise, like, why are we even here? Uh, well, like, who's going to do the cannonball? Oh, that's a good point, yeah. <laughs> who's going <laughs> to empty our pool? Yeah. So, there's one asshole at the party here. Uh, one specific asshole. He, uh, I think he does something, does, what does he do to their fence? Does he, like, he pushes another person? And the guy's like, hey, you're, 
you're uh, ruining my party. And the guy's like, yeah, now I'm doing a gainer in your party. And he does a gainer right into the ghost shark's mouth. <laughs> dude. <laughs> dude. Dude, dude, <laughs> The shark just <laughs> right out of the pool. Just knocking him off screen like a Smash Brothers kill. Like a three Mississippi, and then his head just lands on that tray. Oh my god. <laughs> Greatest movie I've ever seen at this point. The fact that this is like the fourth best kill in the movie really says all that needs to be said. Right, exactly. Because we're about to get to the greatest scene in history where they set up <laughs> three of the best kills you've ever seen. Wait, 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 cross-cutting between them. Yeah, we'll get there. We have to, we have to get there. First of all, they kill off Danny Tamborelli, uh, and they really drag it out like, oh, help me up, help me up, and the black guy can't help him up because he's too fat. And, uh, the black guy goes in after him, and the guy just kind of disappears. You don't even see him get killed. The black guy's just sitting at the bottom of the pool with his head in his hands like he has a headache. So, uh, <laughs> I guess they really missed him. Uh, now, let's talk about the car wash. Because, uh, <laughs> obviously the scene that we're all looking at during this car wash is the fact that it's a Mustang. Also, that... I mean, I was looking at the fact that Joel is driving. I was about to say, that fucking kid. <laughs> how, first of all, how did that kid get a license? He's like 12. Yeah. Like, legitimately. <laughs> he's just staring at these girls in bikinis watching who are, and they're hitting on him too in a way that made me very uncomfortable but not as uncomfortable as uh, I swear oh, by the way I think this is true I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go back and rewatch it but you can if you want did you see the, the glasses that the kid was wearing they said gamer on one of the uh, on the arms <laughs> of, the, uh, of the glasses I'm yeah, not making that up. I, that's, I swear that's what it says. That kid smearing the mud on his windshield and driving straight over there is <laughs> such an incredible play. The kid owns. And they're cross-cutting between that, uh, a bunch of kids setting up a slip and slide, and a plumber about to work on a sink. Yeah. And you know like you're about to win. Like, you know when you're just watching film history unfold in front of you? <laughs> to have these three, like these three ideas like in any other shark movie would be like, they would do one of these at like, the 50 minute mark and then he would just turn it off after yeah and they just cross cut between all three and that's it's one of the most beautiful things i've ever yeah. seen in my life i'm gonna be and honest this is like you. really where the movie separates itself from like sharknado and sharknado pretty much only works on the title alone and i remember it got like a lot of attention just like velocipaster got a lot of attention dude that movie is of... unwatchable oh exactly. my god i yeah, do exactly. not understand people Right, yeah. Everyone watched it because, oh, this title, it's so stupid, it's so silly, it's so cheesy. Ghost Shark, I guess, just flies under the radar, even though it's got all these different scenes. And they all it work has in quick succession. Yeah. So the plumber gets, it's it's like a U-pipe, it's like this big, and the Ghost Shark is in that little bit of water. He gets sucked in there, and we see it. The kid in on the slip and slide is one of the scene stealers here. Just <laughs> whoop, yes. right there, it's fantastic. And even the fucking car wash. You just see like the girl's legs going down into the bucket. <laughs> the plumber gets sucked in the pipe like he's in fucking Beetlejuice. Like, it is insane. <laughs> now, Parker, there are many things that we've talked about on the show that we desire. Uh, we've talked about '90s basements. I have something that could be a 90s basement. Parker, how much would you like uh, beneath your lighthouse an underground lair with a suit of armor? Oh my god. <laughs> I would give it all up. Every single bit of it. It's, to it's just like live in a lighthouse cave. 
It's like those libraries from the 90s with a microfiche. <laughs> <laughs> just to be hanging out and just hear, Ah, you kids looking for the ghost, huh? I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's all we need. We need a globe. We need a, a suit of armor. We need a Tekken 3 cabinet. We're set. We don't even need a That's, bed. That's the new studio. We just... <laughs> No, we just w- record out of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, basically. <laughs> oh, God. Parker, you know, there's something I realized as I uh, watch this movie. More movies need grimoires. If a movie has a grimoire... Oh, yeah, dude. We need, also, I'm saying it wrong. I want to say it as grimoire. Grimoire. <laughs> like, burn after reading. <laughs> uh, so, now, Parker, we should talk about the, the cop who uh, gets a cup of water. <laughs> oh my lord he He's... just gets a little cup of water drinks it and you're like okay so what's he gonna do is he gonna like come out of him it splits him in half from the inside it looks like a fucking Vincent D'Onofrio from Men in Black <laughs> it's insanity I'm not saying it looks good, but it looks way better than you're imagining. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's fascinating. This is a movie with lines like, I don't want revenge, I want justice. <laughs> like, this movie is just like a whiteboard of like, okay, funny ways for shark to come out of water. And then it's like, cool, we've got our ten scenes. Okay, how do we get from this place to this place? Uh, well, they'll go to the library to get the grimoire. Okay, and then the fire sprinklers will go off, and then it'll come out of the sprinklers. Right, yeah. Because so, this movie makes no sense, because, like, they go to his underground fucking palace, and they're talking to him. He's like, oh, me dead wife! And it just cuts to her in the bathtub. You're like, wait, what? When, when did they leave? How did she get back? It doesn't so, matter. It's just so she can get, you know, she so, can get Johnny Depp's. <laughs> Alex uh, mentioned that he watched this with Josh after the draft. Oh, I guess Encino my... Man will have to wait till next year. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god, that sounds incredible. Oh yeah. Now Josh is yeah. texting me as I'm watching this, and I said, oh, you know, there's a scene that's a bit of an homage to uh, City of God, that famous Brazilian movie. That's the scene where they're driving along and those punk kids come out. <laughs> that entire city, by the way, is run by that little black kid with the dreads, who just, he's the Gary oak of that town (laughs) (laughs) it's a real new jack city kind of vibe it is yeah absolutely uh and those kids just won't get out of the way until the uh the main characters give them some job breakers so (laughs) 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 but you're watching like i know just watch a lot of kids die but like these are young kids, like yeah, they're really young. Obviously, they're not gonna. Oh my god, they got eaten in half. <laughs> All because of the fire hydrant. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking <laughs> shark order sixty six is so. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of the kids tipped favorite. over the jolly ollie man's truck. <laughs> Oh my god. Is that Ernest Hemingway guy should just be calling him Weezen Ed? He <laughs> <laughs> really is, honestly. Yeah. <sighs> well, uh, I love that he just, anytime he comes on screen, he's just appearing from off frame. Like, he just, like, teleported there. <laughs> I heard you he's talking about ghosts! I murdered my wife! <laughs> the reveal of, like, oh my dog out of here, you meddling kids. <laughs> They keep teasing, like, no, he has a really tragic backstory with his wife. Yeah. He's like, yeah, they think I did it. So anyways, I choked her to death. 
That's right. Like, there's no, there's no like, oh, we gotta fight. Like, nah, she gets a little crazy sometimes. And I <laughs> choked her, and then I realized, like, oh shit, I should stop choking her. And then she's like, oh, she's dead. And now her ghost is in that shark. It just, that just reminds me so much of that grizzled old prospector from Final Sacrifice. What happened to my father? I jerked him. <laughs> oh, I hate. <laughs> Oh, better stay dry out there. <laughs> he just... We know. We know. Get out of your house. <laughs> no, no, I got something else to say about so. He keeps ev- fucking evaporating in the movie talking about, yeah, ghosts be real. And they're like, hey, tell us about your dead wife, bro. And he's like, ah, misunderstanding. Yeah. And then he tells this 15-year-old about how... He definitely did not misunderstand and murdered her in cold blood at the lighthouse. Yeah, was it? Wait, was it that? Because I, I, I have to admit, I was a little bit overwhelmed at this point. I'm just kind of watching the movie with my head in my hands. I thought the idea was that she died under mysterious circumstances. Why don't you? Yeah, he and mysteriously she, killed his bitch wife yeah. one night. I thought he was like trying to bring her back because that lighthouse is basically the pet cemetery for that resort town. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, uh, I guess it didn't work because we'd never see that wife again. Or wait, were they like, I thought they were like trying to imply that like one of the girls is a reincarnation of his wife or something. That's <laughs> I'm they, not giving this movie that much credit. I think that's what they were doing because that's why that guy kept reappearing. I think he wanted to like fuck that 16 year old or something. Because you look at him. <laughs> yeah, that's like, the reason. Yeah. yeah. Look at him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, we'd be uh, remiss to not mention that the, sh- the mayor who desperately wants yeah. to sh- hide all shark knowledge. Um, Sits on the toilet and is dragged into it with his legs straight up in the air like a fucking scary movie guy. Dude, it is immaculate. That's the way that guy gets sucked into the pipe from fucking the original 1990 It. He folds up. He gets folded like laundry and dragged yes. into the fucking toilet. So they come up with a new idea of uh, how to kill the ghost shark. What are they? What, are, what was their idea to do? Well, uh, his wife's ghost flips the book to the right page so they can oh, figure right, out how to yeah. get his spear out. And then they set traps for the ghost shark. Yeah, by the way, why is the, why is the ghost wife helping? Wouldn't she be pissed off that she was strangled to death? It really, I, I cannot it, overstate the fact that we spent else. all this time. You're like, wow, what's the dark secret? I jerked her! <laughs> like, oh, he <laughs> killed the shit out of her in this haunted cave. <laughs> I hate legends. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with that? Ooh, give me that! <laughs> anyway, uh, Ernest Hemingway and the rest of the varmints go out to the beach <laughs> to... Uh, the shark gets stabbed and it explodes, but then it comes back and it bites uh, Ernest Hemingway's hand off. He takes that like a champ, by the way. <laughs> and they realize, like, wow, there's only one way to stop the ghost shark. Let's go deep, deep into the cave and find his corpse. Deepest, bluest. <laughs> So they, yeah, they're going to they're going to go in there with dynamite, right? So they're going in there with dynamite, and the shark comes out of the water and extinguishes the dynamite, and then eats her in a certain way. They took dynamite into the haunted lighthouse cave to blow up a shark corpse. Oh boy, how does this movie end? Are they blow up the shark? I don't remember. Oh, they actually. I think so. Yeah. 
look, not to bury the lead here about what I think of the movie, but if I made something like Go Shark, I would die a happy man. Yes. <laughs> this is the greatest thing I've ever Dude, seen. Dude, I had a better time watching that than literally any movie on the list. Right? Like, this movie is so fucking... Like, this movie isn't on the list for reasons I can't even begin to fathom. This should be on there. This should be high up on there. This is so much fucking fun. And it, it, it's one of those things where it becomes kind of fun to talk about movies. It's like, is it good? No. But is it good? Absolutely. This is like, if you're not watching this movie, you're missing out. It's also, it's a lot better than all those other sci-fi original movies. It's better than, like, fucking uh, Birdemic or, or any of the other, like, so bad it's good movies. Croc Hawkins. I guess that. <laughs> okay, well, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> I just, for some reason, Croc Hawkins reminds me of Cade Yeager. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. most of those movies, like, you watch them, Henry. it's not just that they're bad, but you feel like, yeah, you tricked me. You think you're so yeah, fucking yeah, clever. Right, yeah, yeah, you stole yeah. my time. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fuck me, right? Yeah. And not Ghost Shark. Yeah, yeah not Ghost Shark. Ghost Shark tells shark. you what it is. <laughs> ghost Shark tells you, hey, this is a movie about a shark that's a ghost. You know what ghosts can do? Come out of water. Any water. Here's 85 minutes. And it delivers. There's like it's a scene so in there which are just like, oh, it can come out of any water anywhere. We just have to stay dry. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go to a place with sprinklers. Of course. <laughs> Why did the sprinklers go off? Uh, dead bitch wife, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had the best time watching this. Was that old rocket and twister what killed her? <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, a, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that Chris now finally understands why I watched all those shark movies a couple years oh, ago. That nope. right, yeah. I'm definitely just thinking, like, I should, I should do that again this summer. That's fair, dude. That's <laughs> that was a good summer. Fair. It was a good summer. Did you, wait, did you guys watch Urban Jaws? I did not, but I will be shortly. Yeah, I, I wonder if that's a future episode. Probably not. Yeah, oh. Okay, uh, what I have very we... fond memories of Nightmare Shark, which was just the first Elm Street movie, but with a shark instead of Freddy Krueger. That's yeah. a pretty good one. Okay, so here's the debate. Is Ghost Shark better or worse than Deep Blue Sea? Uh, I mean, way better. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's an easy pick for me. Yeah, that's, that's a good uh, one. I, mean, I go worse, but only because this didn't have Rappaport. That's exactly uh, what I, I really wish it had Rappaport. Never but, uh, mind, yeah. You know, maybe Rappaport. Rappaport is the lighthouse guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. hear me there out. There we oh go. Oh my god! <laughs> Just him showing up. Oh, you motherfucking kids! You oh god! The shark you. ate my wife. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see him killing his stupid bitch wife in the scene. <laughs> oh boy, oh, man. Uh, you know, mo- no movie can be perfect. Right. Well, go shark. What's close? Yeah, might as well be. All right. So, uh, what, what's our next week's episode? Anything come immediately to mind? Oh, you mean besides Rollerball? I <laughs> uh, just want to make sure, is is that an episode, uh, Alex? I talked about most of the stuff. Oh. I mean, we definitely could get an episode out of it, but uh, it might be worth waiting a couple weeks if we want to. Yeah, but also, Parker could just watch it and tell us. Yeah, oh. yeah I could also I mean, it. you know what I said. Yeah. Like, so, uh, I, I, hit, I hit a lot of the highs, but, you know. So, when are we watching Eclipse, boys? You know what? It's time. I I think it's time for us to watch Eclipse. (laughs) Hell yeah, dude.